Hello, friends. It's me, Naja. Why do I have to say that every time? Like, at this point, you guys know the sound of my voice. You click the link. Some of you can see my face. So I don't know why I go out of my way to sing you guys my name, but it's Naja Hall on your favorite podcast. I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall. So today I have an amazing guest. And for those of you that are enjoying or have enjoyed the sound of my voice for 70, almost 80 episodes now, this is another one of those extra special video slash audio ones. So if you're on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Podbean, basically every single streaming platform in the world where your favorite podcast is streamed, and you want to see us, then please click on the link below because it'll take you to a link where you can see the video. This is a video. It's a video. So today I'm here with Cameron Norman. So Cameron actually had me on her podcast um, not too long ago, and we connected on so many topics that it was crazy. And so we just, it's kind of natural to want to continue the conversation in another space. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Cameron. Yes, I'm about to be reading right now. Cameron already knows that I can't memorize stuff. <laughs> Cameron and Cameron, do people call you Cam for short? No, um, I always, I've always um, kind of rejected Cammy or any of the short names. Sometimes people call me Cam, but the set kids call me Cammy G, and that they're like the only ones who can call me Cam. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I, have thing, I have this thing where I don't like, I don't shorten people's names unless they give me permission. But I know, yeah, some- I give you permission to go to Cam. That's fine. I'm gonna call you Cam. <laughs> That's where your name is everywhere. But some people will be like, yeah, Naj. I'm like, dude, my name is Naja or it's me. Let me tell you guys about Cameron. Y'all see how me and her will just shoot off. And we only have a short amount of time today. So Cameron Norman is the host of the Stepmom Diaries podcast, co-founder of the Stepmom Summit and founder and CEO of This Custom Life, where she provides stepmoms with the tools and advice to help them embrace their blended family lives. She's a certified step-parent coach, creator of the blended family formula for stepmom success, and author of the Stepmom's Gratitude Journal. Cameron received her BA from University of Southern Carolina. I said Southern Carolina. Now, actually, <laughs> let me start that over. Cameron received her bachelor's from the University of South Carolina and her JD from Emory University of Law. By day, she's a corporate political in DC and serves on nonprofit boards, several of them, as a matter of fact. She was named one of Washington Business Journal's Women Who Mean Business. Oh, girl, that's why I love you so much. It's <laughs> Cammie G to her four stepchildren. In her spare time, she loves pop culture, good coffee, spending time with her husband, and trying to achieve that elusive concept of balance. You can find Cameron at thiscustomlife.com and follow her on social media. All of the links are listed below. Cameron, welcome to I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. Hello. <laughs> I could Love not it. have written that intro better myself. That's oh. <laughs> So listen, just, just disclaimer, because there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are not stepmoms, they're not, they don't even identify as women. Some of them don't even like stepmoms. So listen <laughs> to guys to leave because although I am having a conversation with a stepmother, that is not what this today is going to center. We're talking about everything blended. Okay. So Cameron, I'm always interested, especially with women, with people that have like this work-life balance. You know, you have, I'm putting air quotes for those of you that are listening. You got a real job and you are on the Capitol. You do. I don't know if you're doing like an Olivia Pope type of deal, but you're an attorney. You know what I mean? Like you're doing. 
But then you've also decided to start this other community. Number one, why did you do it and where do you find the time? Yeah, um, good questions. So I did it largely because when I became a stepmom, and I think that every woman entering this world can appreciate that you think you have an idea of what life is going to be like, and then you get into it and you have no clue. And there are a lot of challenges. And so I, I really struggled for the first year or two trying to like figure out how to do this. And I developed some tools that I ended up using that ended up like really working for me. And I knew that if I was having this challenge, if I wasn't finding stuff out there for me, that other women probably were having it too. And so I felt like it was really important to get this out there and to, to do as much as I could to help other people with this journey that is so rewarding, you know? Um, And the time thing, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I always talk about, this elusive concept of balance because it doesn't really exist. Right. I feel like there's some days when I'm like giving everything to my family and I love those days, but then I feel like work is suffering or this custom life is suffering. And, you know, then there are other days when I feel like I'm just like rocking it, you know, on the Hill and, you know, rocking it in my day job. And then everything else seems to be like going by the wayside that day. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, it is trying to balance, but you're not necessarily going to balance everything all at once. So I do it with like not getting a lot of sleep, which is not super healthy. Um, and so I'm always having to check myself there yeah. <laughs> and doing That's a lot so on the weekends. <laughs> getting the rest is so important. Yeah. So important. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then one thing that I noticed is, you know, for those of us that have careers outside of these platforms that we create is when people at work, find out what it is that you do with your spare time, you start to find out that, oh, somebody had, somebody is a stepmom or somebody had one and they start telling totally. you of their experiences and you become the person. Have you experienced that? Oh my God. All the time, all the time. And it's funny, you know, when I first started the business, of course, you know, when you start up something like this, all your friends and family follow you and they all sign up for your email list and they all want to be supportive and everything. And, you know, most of my friends and family are not stepmoms. But over time, as, you know, they have seen the stuff I've been doing and all of that kind of stuff, everybody knows somebody. I mean, the fact is that there are 1,300 blended families that are forming every day, right? It's so every freaking day. And I think know. that yeah. might be updated. I think they updated it now. It's like, even- oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, well, what did I see recently that like 40% of um, kids are growing up in a blended family of some sort? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the most recent one I saw. And I mean, those are staggering numbers, you know? Right, right, right. They're absolutely staggering. So I think the same thing happened to me is when you start to share your opinion, um, you find out that people that really do love you, it triggers them. Maybe it triggers some of their own experiences. Maybe they just don't understand or they just don't want to understand. So I always like to ask the people, the women that, the stepmoms that create these platforms, what did your partner say? When you're like, hey, I'm going to talk about this. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's funny. We had a lot of conversations as I was getting this started because I was really nervous about yes. kind of putting everything out there and mm-hmm. putting myself out there and how it was going to be received, not just by all the strangers out there, but like, how are his, how, you know, my in-laws, how are they going to receive it? You know, what about the ex? What if she stumbles on something? What about the kids? You know, and we had a lot of conversations about it, but he has actually been really supportive, like from day one. And he was actually encouraging me 
you know, I was having some trepidation, like, well, what if, you know, what if the ex like finds an article online and gets really angry? And he's like, you know what? You're telling your story. You're not telling anybody else's story and you have a right to tell your story. It's so odd. You know, nobody can control your experience. I mean, you think you gave me a bad experience and I talk about it. I'm literally telling my truth. So it's like that. Exactly. And I am really careful about like, I don't try to represent how I think his ex might feel or things that are happening there. I really, you know, I talk about the kids generally. I don't, I try not, I try to respect their privacy, you know, tell general stories, but not, you know, talk specifically. And so. It is, it is a thing. You know, I always say it created apprehension with me for sure, because, you know, just of the conflict, the high conflict Mm -hmm. of the situation and you are like, all right, I'm dealing with high conflict. And sometimes some people would say that's associated with high conflict personality. And we all know what comes along with that. And if you don't know, God bless you. But if you do, <laughs> that, it's not just you're going to write an article and go on about your day. It is possible litigation. It's alienation. Like it's, it's bad stuff that can come along with it. So I commend you. And I'm not saying that situation. I'm talking about me, y'all. I ain't talking about her. <laughs> putting it out there and being one of those um folks that are that are advocating so when i was on your podcast and by the way guys i'm gonna go ahead and share the link to cameron's podcast below as well because it was so insightful and what i learned is that cameron is like one of my woke bays right because <laughs> <laughs> we got into and you, you guys know i stay away from political stuff i, I try to but this is life, and sometimes you just can't help it. But it's hard when you're talking to a lobbyist, too. <laughs> right. It's like, that's your job. That's kind of what you do. Um, but I just really appreciated some of your views on, and this might be good for everybody that's listening, because I don't only have a Black audience. I don't only have an Asian audience, Latino. I have a big white audience as well. And there's a lot of questions that I simply cannot or I do not have the bandwidth to answer. But there's people like Cameron that have done the research. And when she was talking, it's like I could have just played the violin and like, yes. (laughs) One of the conversations that she and I didn't go as in depth on um, is just speaking to your children about the way of the world today. Because I feel like Cameron, our kids have a whole lot more access than we did. They're seeing videos. Oh my gosh. They're seeing videos of mayhem. They're starting to um, oh my God, I can't believe I don't know the name of this. I feel so dumb right now. Naja, don't be don't be crazy. Um, uh, critical race theory. Like that's something mm-hmm. that's in schools right now. Like, do we share, do we not share? I think I had a chance to tell you about my recent trip to Africa and that changed how they yeah. change the whole perspective. And so what's the number one piece of advice, Cameron, that you would give to a family? and specifically a white family that is trying to introduce their children to the fact of the matter. Like you want your kids to be woke. You don't want to see them. You don't want to see them climbing a wall one day or say, look our job. Like you don't want to see your kids becoming that. How in the hell, what type of conversations are you having with your children in order to make them more? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question and it's a really important one. And I actually, when, when George Floyd happened, I think that that opened a lot of our eyes. And oh obviously God. there were so many monument here in New York city. I don't know if you saw that on the news. No. Oh my God. Yeah, They found the kid that did it. George Floyd's family was to meet the kid. I do too though. 
not to talk. Well, so, I mean, it, it really, I think it opened a lot of people's eyes and, you know, it's not to denigrate like the so many, many cases that came before and after George Floyd, but there was something about having that captured on video where you could see a man being murdered because of what he looked like. Right. And I think that that impacted everybody. I actually wrote a piece for my site um, about talking to your white kids about race because it really, you know, I, you and look, you and I, and I think we bonded because when I mean, we both yes. went down South, I lived yes. in South Carolina and Georgia when both of the state houses were talking about taking the Confederate flag down. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of triggers, yes. you know, yes. on this stuff. Definitely bonded on and, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was actually saying to somebody, I'm like, you know, when I had Naja on, we talked about all the things you're not supposed to talk about at a dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I think the most important thing is to never assume that you know everything and to always be learning, right? And and that's something that you can instill in your kids really easily is sort of the spirit of curiosity, the spirit of empathy and understanding, you know, others' experience. In fact, I was talking to my stepdaughter, Naja, about your recent track trip to Africa and the stuff that really? you saw over there. Did you show and her the videos? You guys show I me- did. I okay. did. I showed her your Instagram and she was fascinated. And she's she's really curious about all of this stuff. And she has a high degree of empathy. She's a junior in high school. And but I think it's important to, you know, I mean, to ask them the questions, well, how do you think that would feel to go there and to see that your ancestors were like pulled from their beds and, you know, thrown into shackles and taken to a totally different continent? How does that how would that make you feel? And to have those uncomfortable conversations with your kids and you know with ours with current events it's been easy to have those discussions right because so much of it's teed up for us unfortunately but it's also about like when you go to a new city take them to something that's educational about I mean I know when we have been in Little Rock um, we took my youngest son to Central High we've taken my husband graduated from by the way Oh, really? It was an, they do an amazing job of setting it all up and doing it in a way that kids can understand, you know? Right. Um, but I've taken our kids to the African-American History Museum here in D.C. that just opened a few years ago and, you know, walking them through that. And, and it's, it really is, you know, I know when we were growing up, it was always like, well, I don't see race. That's not really how... I talk to our kids about it because yeah, everybody sees race. It's about that, understanding. I'm like, I'm like, girl, are you black? <laughs> that's not bullshit. Like, that's not. Yes, no, yeah. See everybody it. sees it. And like, it's okay. It's more about understanding right. and empathizing. Yes. Um, and appreciating the differences. And, you know, and so, I mean, I think it's really, it's going through the experience with your kids too. You know, yeah. like going to these museums and having the experience with them and talking to, you know, having conversations about, you know, what was it like at Central High that day, you know, when you had the National Guard showing up and you're just trying to go to elementary school or high school, um, you know, I mean, and you have to be escorted in. I mean, and, and we were talking to my my 13 year old, now 13 year old, he wasn't at the time, but he's a... Um, he has a severe traumatic brain injury, but he's super smart. And we were having this conversation with him like, hey, you're standing on the steps. Can you imagine looking out there and seeing like people as far as you can see and none of them want you to be here? No. What would that feel like? I try. And it's really, you know, developing that empathy. Right. And it's difficult because even as a Black person, with me trying to put myself in that position, it's difficult because mm-hmm. I been in the situation where 
there's been a group because you know these were little girls these were little kids i'm sorry but then you got all these grown-ups that are screaming at them so terrible so i would want people to empathize i don't even know what that would feel like um i, I probably would not have subject, subjected my children to anything like that yeah yeah, yeah. So I commend those parents that felt like they were doing the right thing. Cause I'm like, nah, come on, baby. I don't feel yeah, like what a hard choice. I mean, what I just, yeah. Yeah. But somebody has to be the trailblazer. So shout out to you. And I think it's such a, it, it speaks to the overwhelming level of empathy that you have. Because one thing I've learned about human nature, Cameron, is that people are only able to see what's in front of them and what affects them. And for a lot of white America, they've not had to, even try to understand an ounce of what criminalization means for other people because and it's easier that way, right? It's how easy it's is easier. it to, to not have to worry about it and just be like yes. that, you know, gosh, that yes. sucks for them. You it's know, so and right. I think that right. growing up down South and I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I love, love where I grew up and I love, you know, my Southern friends. You both grew up in the South. Not, we know how it is though, Cameron. Yeah. But it's, it's easy when you grow up down South to look around and, and kind of, for lack of a better word, whitewash things, you know, yeah. and just not think about it. And, you know, I think that that's, I hope that if one thing came out of George Floyd's death is that, you know, that's not the right way to be. We need to get off yeah. our duff and learn about stuff and, you know, yes. educate our kids about it and, you know, recognize that, you know, we're not going to have all the answers. Right. You know, I think um, I, I'm not a person that wants to be the consummate victim. I don't like to see black people as I don't want everybody to be like, oh, they're the biggest victims and they deserve the biggest sympathy. Um, but one thing that me just being introduced and I think education plays a major role in it because I see a lot of um, groups that are extremely conservative in their train of thought. They haven't experienced other cultures. They're severely undereducated. Um, they're almost at the poverty level. Like, you know, there's a certain tone. It ain't just white folks. It black folks is, is all, you know, it's, it's a group of people. If you bunch them into the same space, miseducate them, don't give them access to resources, they're going to be small-minded. And so with me just traveling, getting educated, traveling the world, reaching out, getting friends from other places, like your friend, Beth, and Beth has been on the, y'all remember Beth, y'all know my BF, <laughs> the inclusive stepmom. You know, Beth made it her mission to make sure that we were all starting to use inclusive language. Posts, mm -hmm. and I had to go back and look at a lot of my stuff and say, oh, wow, not everyone that's a stepmom is married to a guy or somebody, you know, not everyone that's a stepmom. Mm -hmm as is a woman. And so it's just about getting, getting rid of those um, things that no longer serve us. And those, yeah, I think, I mean, they call it like unconscious bias, right? And, and yeah, it's it not just in, it's not just in terms of, you know, racial right. discrimination. It's, it's right. there's unconscious bias in a lot of things. Gender, but that's where I think a lot of white people don't even realize that that unconscious bias is there. And that's where I think the education really can come in is that's looking at some of the things that, you know, you say or do that you're, you just don't even think about, you don't intend them to be right. racist, but you know, then when you kind of go beyond the surface, they kind of are. And when you have to think about it, it adds a level of inconvenience to you. And a lot of people would just rather not be bothered. <laughs> and it's so, you know, like, it's like, you don't want to be bothered with including another person, another human being or making their experience feel more valid, but that ain't everybody, you know, I'm glad you ain't yeah. that. 
So um, <laughs> I'm going to include the link for everybody that's interested in having that that conversation with their children. I think that's something that must be acknowledged in these spaces. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me what this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I've always wondered, like, exactly what does a lobbyist do? You like you lobby for? So I work for a movie. Yeah. House, like. Yeah, so I work for a movie studio, and my job is to. I basically, I like to call it a. I'm a teacher, but you know, not not the good kind. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The word dot lobbyist has has you know, gotten a bad rap in recent years, oh, but what I really do is educate, right? So things that are important to my company, I go in and I talk to members of Congress, to the administration and their staff about why it's important to our company, why they should care about it, how it impacts people in their district or their state. And, you know, then try to persuade them to. Does that have anything to do with your law degree? Like, are you using that now? I am. And I'm, you know, it's so interesting that you asked that. Um, when, so yes, I do use it in that, like we're reading legislation and we're trying to understand how it'll apply to statutes and, you know, okay. understanding the law, having the law degree absolutely helps with that. And it helped open a lot of doors for me on okay. Capitol Hill. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But I think there are a lot of people that go to work on the Hill straight from college and end up staying on the Hill and doing stuff, you know, in government affairs or whatever. It's not necessary, but I think it is an advantage. Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, stepmom. That's you and me. But I've never actually practiced law. I went straight to the oh. hill, and so you've been on the hill ever since. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had nothing to do with anything. I just always kind of wondered. Like, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the journal. Um, what made you do the stepmom journal? Because you have one. Um, what made you do it? What is it about? Where? What's in it? Yeah. I so seen it, but I want you to tell them. So yeah, so the um the stepmom gratitude journal, I have for a couple of years now offered like a PDF version of a gratitude journal as, you know, part of what I give people that subscribe to my list and, you know, follow me and whatever. And you know, I've also always been a big journaler starting in high school. I had an English yeah. teacher that made us journal and it sort of started a lifelong habit. And I feel very strongly that the act of sitting down and writing out what you're thinking really just helps. It's a form of self-care. It helps get your, I don't know, it's very cleansing, you know? Um, And then the gratitude part of it comes in, you know, I really believe strongly that it's easy as a stepmom to get sucked into a lot of negativity and to really feel stuck and like things aren't going to change, aren't going to get better. And part of changing your mindset, part of becoming even just a little bit more positive is the act of gratitude, being thankful. And it may feel like everything's 
going really badly, things are really chaotic, but you could probably find like one little thing to be grateful about, you know? And so that's really why I did the journal because I wanted people to be able to have a a longer version um, that would go for 52 weeks of the, the gratitude journal. And so it's set up where um, every day I've got a week, it goes by week. And so for every week, each day you write down three things you're grateful for, whatever it is just between you and the journal. And then each week you have like a longer, a longer version of that. That's got a prompt. And it, yeah. I've got all kinds of different questions throughout the journal that are stepmom specific yeah. and general. And, you know, it's, I think that even after just doing this for a week, it's pretty amazing how much better you feel, you know? So how long did you, did it take you to set it up? I'm always curious to know. I know mine took forever, but how long did you like dedicate to say, I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to put it out there. Well, you know, I'm, it's weird when I, so the writing part of it was not that long because it's mainly about the person who buys it writing. Right. Yeah. I had to find the quotes and kind of come up with the structure and all that. Yeah. Um, But for me, when I write uh, more than like the sitting down and active writing is the thinking. So I sit and I brainstorm and I do all that. So, I mean, it took a while, Okay, but but it wasn't too bad. (laughs) I want to know this this, um, because the name of your site is this custom life. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like I can customize this in any way that I want to, because, you know, custom, that's pretty much what it means. So what does being in a blended family mean to you specifically? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. And you, you know, you mentioned that about the, the site name, you know, I named it that because being in a blended family really is about creating your own experience and customizing, you know, everybody's life is tailor-made to them, right? You're assembling the patchwork of your own experience. And, and so like my logo is a hummingbird. And if you look closely, it's like a quilted together, like patched together colors. And and that's why, because it's all about, (laughs) I'm looking at it now, y'all. I like (laughs) it's all about putting together your own experience. And Mm. that's why the stepmom stuff can be so complicating and blended families can be so complicated is because none of them are alike. We are all creating our own experience with our own dynamics. And there is no two, there are no two blended families that are the same. It's just, it's all very, you know, specific and customized, you know, you think of customized, you think of like monogramming and stuff, which I'm not going to lie. I'm Southern. I love a good monogram, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's really, you know, it's, it's your tailor-made experience. Okay. I love it. I love it. Cameron Norman, everybody. So you can find Cameron out. First of all, I want you to go and pick up her book, her, her journal. It's on Amazon, correct? Cameron. Mm -hmm. It's on Amazon. Tell them where to find you. Give them your links. Give them everything. Because I want you guys to connect with Cameron and make sure you tell them that. Tell her that Naja sent you. <laughs> yes, definitely. Please do. So you can find me at thiscustomlife.com. Um, my podcast is The Stepmom Diaries. And so that's anywhere you listen to podcasts. I've also got it on the, the website. Um, social media, I'm at This Custom Life, except for Instagram, which is at this underscore custom underscore life. Because, you know, it's I hate when that happens. Somebody takes the name. <laughs> And, you know, I DM people like, girl, you need to give me my name back. You're not even you. I know, right? I've done that before. They don't give it back, though. 
No, they don't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I've been here. I've been ama- enjoying this amazing conversation. I can't talk yeah. today. Cameron, um, for those of you that are stepmothers and you want to hear more in-depth conversation, Cameron and I are headed over to VIPstepmom.com to the members area to talk about discipline. Yes, yes, stepmoms do discipline. <laughs> about discipline and what Cameron would have done differently, what she's learned spot on, and she's going to give us some tips. So thank you, everybody, for listening to I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. I'll see you Tuesday after next. Everywhere your favorite podcasts are streamed, stepmoms, follow us on over to the VIP Stepmom members area because Cameron is this month's expert. I'm not crazy. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Not your heart.